Hello, it is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021, years after the year that was deemed zero. Mm -hmm. That is correct. We did the math six years before zero. Allegedly, Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. Ah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that is correct. So 1,990 five or six years right one of the two post jesus's death is currently where we're at right now bingo he's coming out of the cave this weekend hope you enjoy yourselves there we got a great show for you today it really is a great show hey today's show i mean whenever we were recording it i said this is going to cause some ruffle some feathers (laughs) (laughs) turns out it did now we could have never expected it to go the way it did but man we have some good conversations for you today a lot of chitter chatter about everything going on in the world can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes if you enjoy this show by the end of it please be a friend tell a friend if not just act like it never ever happened ain't that right yeah just piss off yeah just piss off i think so all right let's get to it I'm just telling you, somebody who had Jesus Saves in their Twitter bio tweeted at me and said, Sir, it is not 2021 years after he was born. It was after he died. Nah, that doesn't make any sense. But you have been acting as if you're this Irish... Still am. Irish Catholic. Catholic I still am. A guy that knows the entire Bible. Why would it be BC and then it goes to zero? Doesn't that make any... It wouldn't be before Christ. Oh, because he was born and then it was like... Oh, exactly. After death. Exactly. It wouldn't be oh, before hey, Christ. Hey, it is after which death. Which is what we're in right now. We're, re- yeah. Yeah, we're researching back here. Uh, so apparently Jesus was born between the years 6 and 4 BC. Because you count back... You count down going BC so and then AD. He didn't die at age 6. And so we know... <laughs> yeah, we know he was minus born six. at 0. So 27 minus t- uh, 2021. <laughs> if we could potentially... Holy shit, is it 1990? Yeah, that's years after Jesus had died. Yes. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Here we are on SiriusXM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, (laughs) and YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Big day today. Let me tell you why. Obviously, the Elite Eight has concluded, and now we have our final four college basketball teams competing for a national championship within a bubble of Indianapolis. And this would be a much more difficult win than any of the years in the past these people have been locked down in a hotel in indiana i'm sure they've gotten a chance to go see the zoo they were here at the Mm -hmm. zoo they went over to the museums and and they went to a baseball field and they did some other stuff but these guys have had to commit their lives to this particular game at this point just like everybody else so anybody that can get through the mental grueling test of not only the bubble but march madness of itself to get to this point i think we should be relatively impressed oh yeah big time with that being said there's only one fucking team that has a chance to win this thing Mm -hmm. and they are the greatest college basketball team (laughs) to ever exist now i did not watch a lot of college basketball so a lot of people can immediately attack me for that but if you're telling me that there's people that said the unlv team from back in the day uh, i guess there was a kentucky team from back in the day these are a lot of the tweets that i was getting i I guess there has been great teams in the past but have they literally cakewalked through an entire fucking season and i think they had zero COVID cases as well so they all just kind of committed to this entire thing has any of those teams been able to do these dudes immediately 
immediately upon the game starting, it's over. It, it, <laughs> it is immediately over. They run the most it seems like efficient offensive sets in the history of basketball. They have wide open layups whenever they're playing against some of the best athletes of all time. Somehow, someway, the ball movement, that point guard Suggs or whatever, yep. he's unbelievable. I guess he's a freshman, they're saying. Yeah. That guy's a freshman. Then you got Big Timmy in there turning around, fadeaways, making. It is a team that is. Unbelievable to watch. Their other stud, the shooting guard, uh, the white guy, what's his name? He said the only thing he's bad at is video games. So oh, this dude, yeah, this dude has been committed to the game and mm-hmm. to athletics. Is it feels like they just have a team over there that is wildly mature. They run a sophisticated offense on defense. They hustle. The coach is seems to be the most chill guy yeah. of all time, <laughs> and they win every game by twenty. Their closest game all season was by five. Shout out to West Virginia. Nah, nah, nah. Shout out West Virginia. I mean, that team, they had a chance. And they, hey, buddy, fucking Beheim. But anyways, <laughs> this team is unbelievable. Greatest college basketball team of all time. Uh, I believe we're going to have a, a pretty good boost on FanDuel uh, mm. to kind of get okay. behind this thing. Nice. But I enjoyed watching them play. I enjoy watching this Gonzaga team. And, and I'm not a big college basketball fan. March Madness, I'm in. It captivates your life. You can gamble on it. You kind of, you know, you do this whole thing. And I watch every single year. But last night, I told my wife, we're sitting there we started getting on our phones because it was like a you know 15 to 20 to 24 point lead sure yeah. basically that entire mm-hmm. game uh-huh. and i was like uh i actually put the phone down at one point and i was like babe we should watch this it's the greatest fucking team of all time <laughs> Ever. you know what i mean yeah. they only have a chance for two more games for us to watch them mm-hmm. play we should watch and enjoy this team they are running basketball like it's 1944 mm-hmm. okay they are bounce passing they are weaving they mm-hmm. are laying up they are finger rolling there it is it makes it's fascinating to watch they're gonna win it all but congrats to ucla from the play-in game to the final four first time ever and the fascinating thing about the UCLA team making it all the way is everybody knows we're having a $100,000 bracket bonanza. Yeah, of course. Sure. Okay, and a lot of people fell out quickly because the madness was at another level this mm-hmm. March or whatever, and there was upsets galore. Evan Fox actually had uh, UCLA slash Michigan State going all the way to the national yeah, championship yeah, uh-huh. in his bracket the first time he filled it out. Then when UCLA beats Michigan State in January, February, Izzo gets yep. officially retired. He mm-hmm. doesn't even make it into the tournament. Yikes. This UCLA team does out of nowhere. And he changes his bracket. Uh-huh. <laughs> changes his bracket, gets UCLA out of there, losing first round or whatever. Mm-hmm. If he would have just kept UCLA slash Michigan State in his bracket, he's probably in the top 10 right now yeah. because of the the upset points and everything Mm -hmm. like that. So not only is this fantastic to watch a team that nobody had or given a chance to kind of come together and play and get some big wins and make to the Final Four, congrats to the Bruins for doing all that. But it's also pretty fantastic for the close friends of a guy in here because it is very apparent he potentially lost out on $100,000 fucking dollars because he was so sold on Tom Izzo making a run. (laughs) So Michigan State and Tom Izzo not only provided Foxy with zero happiness, Mm -hmm. zero team to root for March Madness, mm. but also now is potentially the reason why he lost out on a hundred thousand dollars. And I love everything about yeah. it. Yeah. I try to get cute. You can't get cute with the gambling gods. Everyone knows that. He changed his bracket. Yeah. yeah. He submitted a bracket, mm-hmm. went in, changed bracket. 
goes back out. I thought I was a genius, and you guys called me a scumbag for that move. Yeah, we yeah. did. And we were hey, right. Look, <laughs> hey, this is, the, this is karma, pal. Uh, this listen. is what happens. And me taking that 100K check from you would have been the greatest day of my life right there. Yeah, but instead, <laughs> instead you won't. <laughs> not even close. You're not even close. You're like 30,000th or something like that. But I will say... Very, very happy that Michigan lost last night. Yeah, Michigan, Fair. Big Ten, not good for the Big Ten. Big Ten no. has had a team, I think, in the Final Four for a certain amount of years or whatever. The last team to time. do it was Michigan State, baby. Yeah, but the thing about the Big Ten was going into the tournament, big hype. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. there might be seven of the eight. Yeah. Elite eight team might be from the Big Ten. Yeah. The Big Ten was beating shit out of each other this year. Every team's good. Uh-huh. Then it was just like... Don goes Ohio State. Don goes Iowa. Don goes everybody. Just boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. Sorry, getting slaughtered. And they're like, we still got Michigan there. Let's fucking relax here. And the Pac-12 was like, nobody gave us a shot, and we, we're making runs right now. And then Michigan loses. It's almost like the entire Big Ten loses. It was nice to kind of see you guys rally around Michigan because that's not really a normal move by the Big Ten folks over there in Iowa at Teichman. Yeah, I couldn't really give two shits if Michigan okay. won last I, night, though. Oh. I was pretty jacked up to see UCLA win. I mean, underdog going to the final four like that was all i mean you know we talked about it hey listen the big 10 they had to spend two weeks in indy before everyone else even got oh, here so yeah even that much more of a mental grind and all that kind of stuff so it, it stinks but what are you gonna do yeah there's nothing you can do at boston connor um that gonzaga team dude there's people coming after me for saying um uh, anytime i talk about anything other than football it's cringe or whatever it's like okay all right, enough with that mm-hmm. because I have eyeballs yeah. and I watched the game last night. Exactly. Okay, I watched the game last night. I watched every other game that has happened and I go, wow, this team seems to be playing varsity basketball and everybody else is playing JV basketball. They said they haven't played anybody though and even this run, to, there's, since the upsets happened, they've played higher seeded people and all, all season they didn't play anybody. It's like, I don't think it would have mattered. I, I think no. I don't think it would have mattered at all. It's just like that Loyola Chicago squad. I assume they don't play fucking anybody. Exactly. Year. I, I yeah. assume they have right. no chance. That's not their fault, by the way. There's much bigger pockets that are making those decisions amongst the schools, but that Gonzaga team is awesome to watch it's, it's a un- clinic yeah it's unbelievable it's not like they're squeezing by teams either they've won by like 43 16 17 19 like I think they're Gumpy blowing teams last out night. Gumpy, you went to that gonzaga game last night how was it uh the usc never had a chance they got dog walked from start to finish started the game on a 7-0 run never came back the they just get bunnies Literally inside the free throw line. It's With absurd. Nobody on nobody, nobody wide open bunnies inside the free throw line. Layups all night long. It, it was it was a waste of money. I mean, ridiculous. Well, hey. <laughs> to be fair, but you supported something. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, had, I obviously you know me. I had to go, but should have went to Michigan UCLA. Hindsight. Yeah, that game was pretty late. I'm pretty pumped up that they uh, they did that whole thing. But the the Gonzaga squad. Whenever they – Timmy was flexing yeah. like three minutes into the game or something mm-hmm. like that. And it was 23-8 to eight at one point. I mean, it was – it's going to be fun to watch. It seems like a very good bet, although you can't get any good money on it. I mean, that. even that ref was like, oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because him. of how good they were. What was his uh, – Oscar? Burt Smith. Burt Smith. Burt Smith. <laughs> was that his name? Uh, he took a horrendous fall. We should not be laughing like no, this. No, no, no. We should also do more research, I guess. That was – that was almost maybe 
I mean, that was tough to watch. They they re-ran Brutal. it in slow motion. Mm-hmm. In I just, I happened to, yes, I, I, ch- I changed rooms. So I went from one room to another. I turned on the guy, it was on another channel. Okay, TBS, please. Like, mm-hmm. right, why are we at TBS? This is fucking Elite Eight. Let's can we at least get on the CBS. Please, yes, believe you would think. Okay, but I'll go to TBS or whatever. I go over and all of a sudden it's like, it was a quiet, there's yeah. a quiet sound. And they're like, we'll be back on the other side while whoever's getting checked and I sent a group text I was like what happened or whatever then Gumpy says dude fell passed out cold or whatever they talked about that they show him, show him getting stretched off game continues I'm like okay then them going back to it coming out of the commercial break <laughs> yeah. slow-mo circle watch this body hit the floor basically yeah and that thing comes back on and they're like hey, zoom it see what you're looking at here that guy just completely stumbled and then his whole body goes them his Head uh-huh. hit that wooden floor Man. so hard. It, it, it was, I was watching, I'm like, God damn. Like, yeah. that was, and they're like, obviously, we hope he's okay. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, because the quarterback gets hit, mm-hmm. that's always what you're worried about. Whenever you hear about concussions, it's always the head hitting the ground is almost like worse than the initial shot almost. Now, granted, I'm not saying head to head shots aren't a big deal, but players hitting the ground, especially with that old AstroTurf that used to be there mm-hmm. in the cement and all the thing, yeah. him hitting, his, you saw his head bounce yeah. and then go back up. I'm like, oh my fuck, did that guy. His brain just moved inside oh, yeah. of Joe his Burrow. head. Mm-hmm. His, his brain just moved. No, see, Joe Burrow's entire head. head oh, that's right, his neck. I yeah. actually think his brain on that shot stayed intact. Normal. Intact, yeah, because yeah, yeah. his entire body. Joe Burrow's a tough son of a bitch. So is this guy, by the way, this, yeah. this ref. What's his name? Burt Smith. Smith. Yes. Burt Smith. His head hitting the ground. So now you're trying to watch the game, but all you're thinking to yourself is, that guy might be in real trouble. Yeah. yeah. So then Gene Steratore comes in, gives an update. By the way, Gene Steratore is the man. That's he the was best. the man whenever he was an NFL ref, too. Yeah. He came around the training camp. He's a Western Pennsylvania guy, Pittsburgh guy. He and I would talk to each other every single time I went on the field whenever he was refereeing the game and anytime we around each other. I love Gene Steratore. The game misses Gene Steratore more than uh, any of the other refs that you see that have left. The game misses Gene Steratore. Mm-hmm. Hockey Lee, maybe Hockey Lee as well, but mm-hmm. Gene Steratore – outright dude he gives an update like okay he's okay they're checking on him then he said like the the waiting ref from the second game will also be the waiting ref now and there's a replacement so he broke down the entire process which was interesting to hear because i think there's a lot of refs that will never ref a game that are currently being bubbled for like four weeks and they're probably zooming with their friends and family yeah i might get a chance to ref tomorrow (laughs) if what happens well if a guy Passes out completely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go in after the next guy that goes in. So they had like people it's on happening. It's yeah, happening. they had people on deck for this, which is good. Now obviously there's more games earlier. But then after the game, um, you know, the the NBA live crew, what is that the show? Yeah, yeah. Inside yeah. NBA, NBA on TNT, yeah. TNT NBA show. The, yeah. the sh- Fucking great show. The yeah. the Charles, you know, Kenny mm-hmm. the Jet. And then they got Andy Katz replaces Shaq. On that show. Oh, okay. Okay, for the college basketball one. So, you know, he's there with Ernie, who's one of the greatest hosts to ever exist. Mm -hmm. Kenny the Jet and Shaq. Those three... Those, those guys have been working together for like 25, 30 years. All the time. Then they got Katz just dropped in there for Shaq. He's kind of put into an interesting situation. Yeah. And I, I think the internet, by the way, was not very nice, I think, to Katz early. But I think Katz is maybe potentially finding his groove. He gives an update after the game. He's like, uh, update, uh, they have... Talked to uh, Burt Smith. 
Yeah, he's okay, he's recovering, and he's not going to the hospital, he's going back to the hotel. And uh, this was Kat's announcement. Charles Barkley immediately goes, he, he needs to go to the hospital. <laughs> He needs to go to the hospital. Okay, so Ernie was like, I'm sure the doctors, you know, were, were saying he's like, oh, and, and Charles Barkley goes, yeah, sure. The guy just fainted, passed out. Take him back to the hotel. <laughs> then they go into a commercial break. Jeez. They come back out the other side. Charles is not on set. Okay, so I immediately was like, oh, Charles just. They yanked him. Oh, oh, get him out. No, he was in the fucking, the Capital One Charles lounger or whatever <laughs> on the other side. Just continued to talk. I mean, it was just like, that guy, Charles Barkley, such a fucking gem whenever it comes to just human beings. Oh, yeah, yeah, take him back to the hotel. Just passed <laughs> out on national television. Hit his fucking skull off the wood, bounced up there. Just take him back to the hotel, no big deal. That was very, because as soon as he said he's going back to the hotel and not the hospital, my first thought was like, Anytime somebody has a concussion, their first thought is, like, keep people around. Like, yeah. You need to have people around you. Can't fall asleep. Can't, yeah, like, you keep people around them because you yeah. don't know what's going to happen because their brain just kind of moved in there. So I'm happy as soon as he said that, Chuck was like, he needs to go to hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know, cats. I don't know who's telling you this information. I don't know what doctors are talking in there. Get his fucking ass to the hospital, though. I hope he's okay, but that was a horrific scene last night. And when he was getting stretched out, you could tell that he was not going to the hospital because of how pissed off he was. He had arms crossed. He was fucking shaking his head like, how son was, of a bitch. Was he calling a good game? I don't remember. I, I, I don't yeah, think Yeah, I mean, at he this point, Gonzaga was already up 20, so I don't <laughs> think it really mattered who was calling the game. Uh, Zito, what is the poll for today? Yep, today we have, uh, we're down to the final four. Who's winning? Okay. Uh, last place right now, Houston, 7%. Ooh, hey, they run. Oh, yeah, oh, and play good defense. Houston yeah. is very, 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 very athletic squad. Yep, and then we have Baylor, 12%, UCLA, 18%, wow. and Gonzaga running away at 63%. Everybody else seen what we seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody they seen got eyes. I know, there's a couple people that have come on Twitter, you know, and try to downplay how good Gonzaga is. Let me tell you. You just might as well not do it. They got high socks. They got Fu Manchus. They mm-hmm. got full sets. They got, I mean, the team. It, I, I, um, I, that was real, though. Like, hey, we should watch this because I yeah. think this is potentially the greatest college basketball team of all time. And I think I should have respected that earlier, but I don't think anybody thought they were potentially for real until, like, last game, Sweet 16 or whatever. Now it just seems like they're going to be able to toy with whoever the fuck they want. We want all in, okay, on the big wig in Loyola. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right, just because an icon, you know, showed up in March Madness yes. for Loyola. I mean, just an absolute icon. A man who is... You know, is as quick as a hiccup. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's got feet like a shorebird. Yeah, right. Okay. And he has a mustache, and he just, you know, he was playing uh, great defense and oh, had this little left. I mean, there's no way we're not going to immediately be drawn to it. Yeah. But I guess this Gonzaga team is what we should have been hyping this entire time. The Fu Manchu out of the – he's a guy, by the yeah. way. Oh, like, yeah. Timmy's like a guy. Oh, yeah. He's going to win the tournament. also very soft touch around the rim. Yeah, yeah. He, but he's a fucking guy guy, too. Mm-hmm. And he he's wears a fucking headband. Headbands, yeah. They got it all. They Gonzaga. do. They have entertainment. And they've had no COVID cases. I mean, that's unbelievable in itself. The coach said that, you know, these, these guys really like each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has a much different vibe, that coach, than uh, like Mick Cronin. Oh, yeah. You bet. I think I hate that guy. Mick Cronin. Cronin. I think so. I like his dad. His dad's dad, 79-year-old guy that's in the stands. Yeah, his punching. I, I like Double him hands up when they won. Mick, that was though, sweet. after they won the Elite Eight, you know, the line he said yeah. 
will always make me... Now, I don't think I hate him, okay? He's obviously taking this UCLA school from a play-in game to the Final Four. I don't know anything about him. But whenever he said, yeah, we got guys playing much bigger than they are or whatever, I'm Mm -hmm. like, you could have easily said, like, the guys are playing what I always thought they could play. like Reaching the full potential. Yeah, like like I thought... Instead of saying, you know, they're playing bigger than they are or whatever, I thought, I thought that was like quite a, like a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to your own players who just fucking had a m- massive win. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, Mick, but your, your dad's going crazy up there. You should <laughs> yeah, think about yeah. a pretty good little moment here. You know, so I just, I felt like that, was, but he might be just like a hard, that might be like his, he might be like, hey, we're not that No good. nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I just, maybe I don't understand that. What's going on, Gump? He's also setting himself up if they lose that we really overachieved and uh, I did a great job coaching. Yeah, but, I, you know, the interesting thing sure. about that, and I can respect always hustling and always CYA, you know, mm-hmm. every single yeah. thing you do. Just like the NFL, whenever they announced, or uh, whenever they sent out their lobbying letter to mm-hmm. the voters, basically, for the 17-game season, the first sentence is, uh, as always, main thing is player health and safety paramount you know it's just like a cover your ass situation Mm -hmm. right there early maybe that is what he's doing but i think everybody on earth understands that if you're in a playing game and you make it this far you probably you probably outperformed what anybody thought you should yeah but mccrudden's like i gotta continue to cover this ass just in case anybody wants to come after me almost kind of smart now now that we've kind of talked about it i'm almost coming around on the guy (laughs) well see the only reason why i would potentially enjoy if he's always like that yeah like you know like if he's always just a dick like you know uh like if he's just like a hard nose he kind of is is that his style of coach yeah i mean i think he you know he his teams at like cincinnati and everything same deal like very rough nosed and like kind of took after him i think he is kind of just a prick oh well hey that's that has been a coaching style for a long yeah, time. Exactly. Uh, I, I just want to say it's not necessarily the most enjoyable whenever you're a player on said team, but it gets the same results. There's lessons that are learned through the whole process, and there's different ways to do things. There's much different mm-hmm. ways to do things. If that is his style, then it makes a lot of sense for him to immediately after winning an Elite Eight game to go, these kids stink, but today they played pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that Cincinnati team, I'm pretty sure, got in a fight with Xavier, and after the game, he sawed down. Everybody on his own team. So I wonder if Mick is ever happy. I probably not, huh? Just a miserable just basketball coach. They just won the Elite Eight. You know, they were in the playing game. Yeah. This is awesome for UCLA. The whole thing's coming yeah. back. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, fuck yeah. We ain't happy. <laughs> Bullshit. Like, like if they lose this, if they lose in the, in the Final Four, is he going to be like, should have fucking won the whole thing? I don't mm-hmm. even know what we're doing. Probably. Yeah. Is he ever happy? I, I often wonder that. Like, do you ever, are you ever just like, Woo! Like, is there ever a look what we did? You know, I, I wonder that was because, like, with Rich Rodriguez, for instance, mm-hmm. he was a Ooh. he was a hard that was a hard nosed coach. I think anybody who has ever played for Rich Rodriguez would say, "Yep, he he was a no nonsense." To the point of like, oh, this is not enjoyable in a lot of situations. We, this is a, we are, there is a mission here. This is what we're going to do. But granted, most of the time it Works. ends up happening, you yeah. know, but it's a much different thing. But I ever wondered like after, you know, cause he would give a, after a game, he would do a, we do the fight song, you know, and we, we do a whole thing and he would give like a, Hey, that, this is fun, right? There it is. This is fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what's fun? Kicking somebody's ass. <laughs> you know, like it was always immediately following 
the happiness. Mm-hmm. It immediately got right back to like, okay, tomorrow, by the way, we're fucking. I often wonder, do those guys or gr- and girls, I'd assume there's a lot of female coaches that do the same thing. I wonder if they ever have a moment where they're just like full on, like fucking look at us. You know what I mean? Are they, are they like that all the time? Are they, are they like that all the time? And boy, that must be a joy to be around on a regular basis. I mean, I would imagine he's going to ha- have a nice little bonus waiting for him or extension. I'm sure he'll be happy for that moment in time. But I think, I mean, it's probably right back to it. they got to start recruiting, you know, right after the season's done. Yeah. It, it never stops. UCLA making it back to the Final Four. What a great recruiting. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're in yeah. Los Angeles. Hey, Go watch the uh, admission scandal mm-hmm. documentary, mm-hmm. and then uh, let us know what you think about us allowing you to come to UCLA for a full scholarship to play basketball. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, USC should be doing the same exact thing. By the way, you look at the admission scandal. There are people paying millions and millions of dollars just so their kids can show up in this particular university. Yeah. Now. You get a chance to play basketball here, and we're going to be good. But your life's going to be miserable because that's why I coach. Mm-hmm. Pretty good little recruiting. Not tool. bad. Trade oh, yeah. So uh, we got a big, big time guest. What? Yeah. Right now. Come on. There's been something that has happened, okay, in this mm-hmm. world that we are in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. A show that started in a basement, okay, then in an office. You know, no rights. Just need the internet, a couple mm-hmm. microphones. Here's the show. Show started doing okay. We started doing some things. We started having a good time. Friends of the show would come on, have a good time. Things would be good. Mm-hmm. Then there was a decision that was made. I, th- I think, I think uh, hindsight, a regrettable decision was made. Yeah, a mandate bad. was created where people were told that they have known me for maybe 10 years, more than that, not allowed to have recorded conversations with us anymore. That was a mandate. Can't do it. Interesting. Then, obviously, with the backlash, because the people that listen and watch this show are the greatest humans of all time, that mandate got changed. Hey, we need to work on some stuff. We apologize, blah, blah, blah. We apologize, you apologize. Mm -hmm. So I decided, in return to, okay, you, you want to ban I ban, I ban, I ban you. you. To you. You don't ban me. No. I ban I you. I ban you. Are you like that? So I've been banning friends of mine, dear friends of mine. Oh, yeah. People I enjoy talking to. I, I told them, I, I, I don't want to fucking talk to you. No way. But at some point, I had to relinquish that ban. And I think now is the perfect time to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, back on the show for the first time in a long time to give us Innovative knowledge on the quarterback position. Dan Orschlovsky. Wow! Oh, shit! It's Bowser! <laughs> Dan, are you anonymous? What's up, boy? Oh, yeah! Great to have you back. Yeah! Woo! Great to have Man, you. Man, I sent you... I sent you DMs to try to get back on. I sent you NDMs, non-direct messages. I sent you yep. SMs, subliminal messages. Yep. I'm finally back. Well, I want to let you know, Dane, we are thankful to have you back. I did miss you out there. Yeah, I, I thought the anonymous Bowser would have been nicer. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out Mario Kart, by the way. Uh, Dan, it's great to have you back, man. We we have missed you over here. We have missed you. Great to be back. The arms look great. Thank you. The gut, though, you know, I still got. You'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get rid of it. 
Yeah, we need some work done. I'm fasting. (laughs) It's terrible. It's great to see you again, Dan. How's life, man? How's it been? I saw NFL Live's ratings went down since you haven't been on the show, but we'll bring those right back up and your your Twitter's crushing. How how have you you been over there, Dan? Wow, good to be back. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Joking, I'm joking. I've been great, bud. I've been great. You know, uh, very much so enjoying the weather change here in Connecticut and kids' sports have picked up. You know, I've got a hundred of them. I saw a very large American Express expense came across mine for for the brand. So oh, I'm excited ooh. to see when that comes in. Hey, thanks for the support, um, by the way. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you. thank you, Dan. And by the way, I want to let you know, NFL Live's ratings only go up because you're on there. And the reason why I finally, and I'm a very stubborn person, one of the most stubborn people of all time. The reason why I had to get rid of the band and I, I'm thanking you for coming on the show today after, you know, what had happened was, you see, the videos that you did on Mac Jones and Justin Fields Ooh. were fantastic work. I, I think, honestly, it was unbelievable, and I want to talk to you about it. With the quarterback kind of prospect situation going on right now, right, with yeah. names coming out of nowhere, this might be your Super Bowl. Like, is this your Super Bowl right now? And do you even realize that this is your Super Bowl right now? Yeah, I mean, I think I have, like, I was talking to someone about it today. Like, I had two really moments, I guess, during the kind of calendar year, or at least the football calendar year, that really are huge for me. And that's kind of the, as we enter into the playoffs time frame of, like, what teams are actually going to, are equipped to go do something. And then the, the, the NFL draft when it comes to these quarterbacks. Because I have been very outspoken, like, because everyone calls the NFL draft a crapshoot, so to speak, when it comes to quarterbacks, and I completely disagree with that. I just think people don't know what they're looking for when they're drafting quarterbacks. And so um, I, I try to stand out in that aspect. Yeah. We, we have a graphic, actually, on this, on the first-round quarterbacks. We were going to break this down because people do say that it is a crapshoot, and I think that's because the alarming amount of first-round quarterbacks that end up don't, not making it. So it's like since 2010, okay, there's been yeah. 18 quarterbacks out of 34 drafted that were traded up for 12 yeah. of the 18 are already off of the team they've yeah. been cut or whatever then if you go to the next slide or whatever like that's how many people are still in the it, there is a lot of misses and we're going to break this down at some point whenever there's absolutely no news which is kind of today probably tomorrow if i had to guess but the names on there that were supposed to be franchise changers the the, yeah. the draft hey we got our quarterback in the first round we got a guy we got a guy there's a a lot more fails than there is like success stories. There's a lot of bad fucking football that gets drafted a quarterback in the first round or whatever. What's that? Three reasons why, in my opinion. Okay, like, here we go. Why that gra- first of all, great graphic. Three reasons why. I think great teams yeah, dirty. Oh, boy. look at quarterbacks the same way they look at every other position. I mean, you know this. Like, if I'm taking a, a wide receiver with the second pick, his physical attributes have to be the number one importance to me. Like, He's got to be a certain size and speed and strength. If I'm taking a defensive end, he's got to be a certain size, speed, and strength. Like that has to be the physical has to be the most important thing. That's not the case for quarterbacks. The physical matters, but it's the second most important attribute. The first, the most important attribute is the mental, is the emotional, is the leadership. Like that will always be the most important attribute at quarterback. I mean, I think so many teams just look at quarterback the same way they look at every other position. Uh, The second thing is teams are constantly looking at things that guys can do. Listen, most franchise quarterbacks 
don't not make it because they don't have the talent to. Like oh. uh, every guy that got drafted had the, had the talent to go do it. Most guys fail because they have a flaw or two flaws that teams like never pay attention to and never coach out of them. Like that's the reality of it. And they don't ever, teams don't do enough of a good, a good enough job of being like, okay, his issue is this, can we get past that? And then the reality is that I don't think there's a lot of great quarterback coaching in the NFL and development in the NFL. And that's why kind of the, the flaw and the development make guys failures. Okay, so you said a lot there, and I think those were very fascinating answers. Well, let's hit on each of them there as we go on. The leadership thing, though, is the biggest for me because you said that that's a big deal because if you're a quarterback, you're immediately the leader of the team. It does not matter how old you are. You're touching the ball every single right. play. You're going to get paid the most amount right. of money. You're going to be answering the most amount of questions. By the way, you are immediately the leader of the team. Do you think that's why the Mac Jones, Devontae Smith thing happened at the Pro Day the other day where Mac Jones talked Devontae Smith into running routes uh, for and played football with him. And that's why you think it was such a big deal because yesterday, if we watched some of the Mac Jones balls, they were terrible. And then we watched some of them, they were very good. And then we talked to Ian Rappaport, who was down there, and he was like, the big thing he was hearing was that Mac Jones talked Devontae Smith into running routes when he wasn't going to do anything. That's kind of in how he interacted with the equipment managers. Is that what's going on down there? Is, is, and is, that, is that a big deal? Is that why you love Mac Jones, too? Is that one of the reasons why you love him? Well, I think you, the reality is that you got to be the CEO of a billion-dollar company. Like, to, you're, I'm not asking you to just be my franchise quarterback for this year. Or I'm drafting you to be – I just saw my name is actually Dane Orsafi. Um, I'm not just <laughs> drafting you to be my quarterback this year. Like, yeah. you've got to be the, the CEO of the billion-dollar company. And CEOs got to be really good when things are really good. And CEOs got to be better when things are bad. And things are difficult and things are challenging. That's the life of the NFL. It, you're going to go through stretches where you stink, your team stink, your coach gets fired, or your defense gives up 35 a game. Like, And the ability to handle that is like such an underrated value. I've always said this about, like, listen, Eli Manning, right? Eli Manning was never like the physical talent that was going to wow you. But what now. did better than any quarterback maybe in the history of New York City was like, he just did not care. Like, he cared enough about his role that he didn't care what anybody else said. And um, he looked at his job playing quarterback like the president, like his 24-7, 365, man. And that's a, something that Mac Jones is, is – that's a strength, no doubt. Okay, so whenever you're ranking these quarterbacks and you see – like, for instance, Tom Pelissero, to your point of what you're talking about there with the leadership, Tom Pelissero, I asked him why Justin Fields was – and you saw. I assume you saw my tweet last night. He was the definitive number two yeah. in this draft class for a long time. I asked Tom Pelissero about that. Yeah. He said once he transferred from Georgia to Ohio State, there was reports that he didn't want to be friends with his teammates. He just wanted to win the starting job. He didn't go to his birthday party. Yeah. That's what it sounded Whoa. like with Tom. Is that why Justin Fields has dropped down, or why do you think – Zach and Mac and Trey, I think even on some people's list, is going above Justin Fields, especially after he looked yesterday like he was he was yoked up yesterday, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, so I saw the, the whole thing, like they want to know if he could read defenses, right? People who say he can't get off number one, don't. once they say that, stop listening to them. Um, I think that 
the Justin Fields thing, and because I've made a couple calls about this, like why Justin Fields, why is he falling this and that? And I can just share, these are not my opinions. These are the things that have shared been shared with me. Okay, smart. Um, one, I have heard that he is a last guy in, first guy out type of quarterback. Like not the oh, maniacal work oh, ethic. No, I've no. even heard it compared to Justin Herbert, where it was like, dude, when Justin Herbert showed up, it was like, a psychopath when it came to working to get ready for the draft or, or even at school, like give me more. I want to work nonstop. And I've heard that there are some questions with Justin Fields work ethic. Okay. And then the second thing is like, um, how, how, like, how do I phrase this the right way? Like how, where is his desire to go be a great quarterback? Um, I think that there is a desire to be, a big-time athlete um, from what is expressed to me. But where is his desire to go be a great quarterback? And to be great, you got to be willing to find the things that you're not, not good at and just freaking grind on them. Who's telling you this stuff? Pretty high up people, yeah? Yeah, people that are going to be at least um, uh, associated with decision-making. That's fact because they, who, they're getting that information from somebody within Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Who's telling that? And it's like, okay, who's who's leaking that information? How's that whole thing go? Yeah. Because, I mean, it, that is if he's the last one in, first one out, I mean, now, granted, there's been research about how you utilize your time better and maybe sure. mm-hmm. paralysis by analysis. But in the NFL, that's not a real thing, especially at the quarterback position because there's always more you can learn. There's always, like in the quarterback position, there's another situation you can learn. There's another there's another route concept. There's always, yeah. and I think that's what you're referring to there. To be a quarterback in the NFL, it is a full-time commitment. Yeah, you know, it's the president, man. It's 24-7, 365. And, and you mentioned Trey Lance. Everything I've heard about Trey Lance, everyone says the complete opposite. Like, this kid lives, eats, sleeps, breathes, drinks, whatever it, it, like, it's football all the time. Like, he's got, like, whatever that it is when it comes to that character, he's got it. And teams love that. You know, what's interesting is because next to nobody actually sees Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of people see Justin Fields. So, like, I think somebody called into the show. Trainer. Uh, tra- an equipment manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either equipment manager or a trainer from North Dakota State who called into the show and was like, I just need to say that Trey Lance is the hardest working, nicest mm-hmm, guy yeah. of all time or whatever. You know, like that. Yeah, that's that's very, what I've heard, man. That's very important stuff. But can he play football? Fields is a ball. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like you hope you get that whole thing. Um What's going to happen in this draft, Dan? you think there's going to be more trades? you think people are going to move? How do you think this plays oh, out? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, dude, I think this. I think Trevor's obviously locked in at one. I think the Jets take Zach. Well, I think Sam Darnold will get traded sometime soon. Um, I mean, why? Hey, Dan, Dan, they lost all their leverage with Sam Darnold. If they had the number two overall pick, they didn't know that they were going to take a quarterback at that time. Because don't you try to trade him earlier whenever that market was like a robust one as opposed to now everybody knows they're kind of out on Darnold? Well, I think that they were still in decision-making process. I've said this about the Jets. Robert Sala had the opportunity to go anywhere he wanted when it came to NFL head coaching opportunities, right? And he chose the Jets. And the re- I, I believe one of the reasons he chose the Jets was because of Sam Donald, because those coaches and that coaching staff had not done their work on the college quarterbacks. They weren't sitting there going, the Jets got the second pick and there's going to be Zach Wilson. Like, let's let's go get – let's go there because we'll be able to take him. So – I think that they were still trying to figure out where they were as an organization. Like, were they going to keep Sam? Were they going to trade the pick? 
Um, I do think that they're going to uh, take Zach Wilson, and I think that Sam gets traded in the next two weeks because, dude, Pat, there's still so many needy teams, though, because the reality is Denver wants a guy. Bears. But they're but can they go up high enough to get him? Um, Carolina wants the guy. Are they going to be able to go high enough and get him? Chicago needs a guy. Are they going to be able to go high enough and get him? Pittsburgh probably needs somebody. Tampa Bay might be interested because they don't need anybody. Um, and so I, I think that, that that that'll happen and that'll have a ripple effect. Um, I could see Atlanta taking a quarterback. Um, I could see because three is going to take a quarterback, obviously. I could see the Bengals trading out and some Carolina, hey, Denver. Hold on, let's, five to take. Hey, let's that? talk about that. You said three is going to take a quarterback. Obviously, the 49ers traded up there. Everybody assumed you only trade up there and give up all that they gave up to get a quarterback. That's why they're doing it. Then Jimmy G is still in their plans. They're not trading him away. It might be a red shirt year for whoever they draft, blah, blah, blah. Then Kyle Shanahan came out this morning and said, Chris Sims. I don't talk to Chris Sims. Chris Sims, because Chris Sims said they had already made up their decision or whatever uh, and what they're going to do, who they're going to put out there. And I think those two are like really tight friends or whatever, so who knows how that whole thing goes. But who do you think they take? Do you think that is Mac Jones' gig to lose there at three if Zach Wilson? I do. You do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's Mac Jones or Trey Lance. That's what I think. I think Kyle wow. loves yeah. Mac Jones. Um, I think that. When I was with Kyle, Kyle used to say two things stood out for him when it came to the physical aspect of quarterback play. One, natural throwing motion. And then two, like he wanted you to have this upper body torque as a thrower because your feet are always so much in chaos and you can't get them set. Like, And he was just this big believer in that. I don't know if you've ever seen him do that drill where like, remember those those bags that football players, like the you oh, yeah. put them next to each other and that's the lane you could run through for a tackling drill. Like he's always got guys working on it. You've probably seen Rodgers do it. Um, I, I, and just that's Mac Jones. And I think that he loves Mac Jones. I do think that the, the organization is probably intrigued by the physical talent of Trey Lance. And so, um, I, I, my guess is that they feel really good about both of them who wins out in that kind of power struggle with the 49ers. We'll find out. Man, Jimmy Jesus sitting there. All right. Tom Brady. But I think if they take Mac Jones, Jimmy G is gone gone if they take trey lance i can see jimmy g staying there for a little bit now, even if it's like a mid mid-season trade type of thing hmm. connor what do you have yeah dan uh because of those you know first three picks being locks for quarterbacks and then a few other teams needing them aside from detroit and denver do you see like new england jumping up into the top 10 you mentioned the buccaneers do you see them trading up into the top 10 or will they try and wait and let the draft come to them oh no i can see new england being aggressive tampa i don't think has the has the necessity to i don't think they need to but i think new england was like abnormally aggressive in free agency we all know I'd, that right I'd and new, normally I'd, new england falls back in the draft like normally they're willing to fall back and they're probably looking at it and bill's probably looking at it going I'm never going to be at 15 again, or certainly I don't want to be at 15 for a long time ever again. I'm usually picking at like 27, 28, 29, 30. Like maybe they'll be willing to jump up and go get a guy. Now, the caveat is this. Oh, caveat. I don't, Good word. I don't see them being super aggressive for Justin Fields. I don't. I see them being aggressive if – did you, hey, fell. did you do what What's people that? are saying there with what you said that you heard from people? Now, I guess 
that the information you're getting from people that are decision making makers in the NFL is probably shaping your opinion as well. Because if multiple people are telling you things, that's probably how you're getting the Justin Fields that you're out on Justin Fields, huh? From what you've heard. No, I'm not. But I'm you not think the NFL is. You think the a lot yeah. of people in the NFL. I think that there's people, you know, um, concerned about that stuff. You know, like I, I think there, there's people that are concerned about it. We're actually, I'm excited because I know RC, Ryan Clark, you know, like loves him. And I'm ha- I'm excited to have the conversation on TV about him, about that, because he knows him way more than I do. I know this, like I called this game against Michigan State this year, dude, and they were decimated by COVID. They had like the whole football team had COVID. And I just remember going to the game and be like, all right, Fields, like if you're as good as people say you are, like figure out a way, you know, like you got to be special. And he was freaking unbelievable. And I was, I walked away being like, yo, this dude's good. So um, I'm not out on Fields at all. I I think that uh, I'd say the two things about Justin Fields that teams have to ask themselves, the flaw, the issue is he's deliberate. Um, He's deliberate with his decision-making and and his kind of where he's going to go with the football and um, his throwing motion, I don't love. It's not. It's it's unnatural. Really? Yeah. So, like, when you see my throw, you think just a natural throwing mm-hmm. motion. All right. Here, perfect, perfect. Throw and go a little bit of a slow mo, and I'm going to show you the difference. Okay. Let me here. see it here, Bob. Let me see it. This is a big moment for you here. No, no, it's not. I got fucking film, dude. <laughs> uh, okay. So just because you got film doesn't mean it's good film, you know. Oh, it is. Thanksgiving. Uh, perfect yeah. passer rating on Thanksgiving. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Just throw the just against the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay. who legendary defense. Great defense. Legendary. They're in punt safe, by the way. Safety over top. Threw it to a spot. Swope goes and gets mm-hmm. it. How about that? Dan? On the run, by the way. Man, my feet were not set. Yeah. Oh, there's oh, a lot man. of torque. You know what I mean? There's a lot of torque. Ah, in see that torque? See that torque? Yeah. You, might, you might be the third pick. What? What? All right, give me your throwing motion. All right. Okay? Do you want me to do one like slow? Just somewhat mo- slow. Somewhat slow. And I'll tell you to freeze. Okay, so I'm going bang. Okay. Freeze. All right, so see where the ball and your elbow are? Ball on top of elbow? That's natural. That's like relatively natural. Yeah. Now, oh. flip those oh, no. positions. I fucking knew it, dude. What's that? Flip those positions. Flip those positions. Nope. You were here. Now flip this. That's unnatural. And that's long. And that's deliberate. Oh, and so. Yeah. Oh. I'm from Pittsburgh, though. My dad graduated Dan Marino. You know I'm going to have a fucking quick release. <laughs> yeah. Let's not, let's not play any of these games, Dan. What are you talking about, dude? Come on. Bro. Is that real? Is that real? Is That's how – so that's what people do, I guess. Because huh? you also – Andrew Luck had like yeah. – he had like mm-hmm. a uh, – like uh, almost like a uh, – Yeah, a little like bit a of old action. Like – he had a, Andrew had a big C, right? Like he made a big C. That's okay. You don't want to make that. Tebow. Vic, I feel like. Mm. Vic used to, I mean, Vic would be like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you remember when he had that? What was that? The, uh, uh, the uh, Nerf shot. The Nerf the, ball. He threw the Nerf ball out of the stick. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that thing the vortex. Yeah, the vortex. There mm-hmm. it is. Ty, what do you have? Dan, you mentioned, I think, last week on Get Up that you thought the Eagles might be in play now, moving up to the number six pick to, get, uh, stink, to get Russell Wilson. Do you, do you think he's potentially going to get moved on draft night still? I think there's a chance for it, man. Like, here, here's the thing with my thoughts on Philly. They sniffed around Deshaun Watson, right? So if you're sniffing around Deshaun Watson, you're certainly going to sniff around Russell Wilson, right? Um, and, and 
everyone continues to not close it. Like, and, and my thing with Russell is I don't think it's that much tied to football. Like, I think it's I want to go to a bigger market and I want to go be the Magic Johnson of the NFL and I want to go build this big brand and I'm tired of being out in the Pacific Northwest. And so oh, um, I've been adamant, like, if, if that's how he feels, one more season in Seattle is not going to change uh, kind of those feelings. And um, I think Seattle's just trying to figure out if they love one of these young quarterbacks and go, okay, then we'll, we're ready. They just paid Tyler Lockett $69.2 million. Yeah. That should make Russell happy. I'll be excited to see. But also, there's allegedly, you know, him storming out of offensive meetings mm-hmm. and, you know, let yeah. Russ cook, ph- philosophical differences. So not only maybe is he thinking, like, I would like to go to a bigger market. This would be cool. And, and maybe everything like that. It seems like also football-wise there's potential a little bit of beef, but they could get over that. And Trent Dilfer told us that if the quarterback and head coach get along, he's almost more freaked out. Like if they're too chummy, it's almost more freaked out because he thinks that quarterback and head coach, you have to have two real Mm -hmm. alphas who potentially have a little bit of an energy with each other. He always thought – I think what he said was he always thought Pete Carroll and Russ was always kind of a little – he didn't really make a lot of sense to him. Do you believe that? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I think, that, listen, the relationship is of paramount importance. Like, you can't be successful and not at least get along. But at the end of the day, like, do you guys share the same vision? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to go accomplish that vision, I think, is a big deal. You know, and so there's got to be that common respect and that common kind of um, belief the, uh, of the process, the way to go things. Um, but I don't think you need to be boys. No, I actually think it's a negative. You're my coach. Like, at the end of the day, I need you to coach me. Yeah. I've got enough friends. I don't need you to be my boy. Yeah, and if you fuck up, I would like to go in the locker room and say, yeah, this guy is fucking up. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be I don't want to be a part of potential people yeah. saying, like, oh, the court. You, that is a real thing, though, too. There has to be some sort of. Now, it was interesting in Indy because Chuck loved luck. Mm-hmm. And luck, I think, I think luck loved Chuck as well. But that's defensive coach. You know, it's not, I don't know, but True. Pete Carroll's the same kind of way. I, I don't know. It's kind of Carson whoops. and Frank now. Hey, Carson mm-hmm. and Frank love each other. Did you see Car- You did see Carson's interview. Have, we had, we didn't get okay. a chance to chat with you about it. That was your guy. That was your guy. Yeah, I thought the interview was fantastic. I texted you. I thought you kind of showed him a per- side of his personality that kind of hadn't been seen before. Even my wife had said that. So, um, oh, wow. no, wow. it was great, man. Oh, let's it, go. I, I thought it was really good. I thought he opened up. Um, you got him to be kind of a little bit different part, but you got to. It was telling to kind of hear him talk about, you know, some of the things that he felt weren't great in Philly and how excited he was to kind of get some of those missing pieces in Indy. He's starting to post on social now. Yeah. He's like becoming active. Like, okay, Carson. Yeah, yeah, back. He, he might be MVP. What are you talking about on NFL Live today? Anything good? I don't know. I've got to go to my production meeting right now, actually. So we'll probably talk Kyle Pitts, a little Jamar Chase. Four four um, six six two fifty. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I I got three white sons. What do you think I'm going to tell them about that one? Hey, boys, you, you're never going to be six foot five, two fifty, running four foot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just because they're white. I think it's because you're their dad. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dad or Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Didn't fix it, did I? <laughs> you look good. You look good. Perfect. You look good. Why am I even on here today? Yeah, right now you're in. <laughs> Man, that looks good. Hey, it'll take a couple seconds. Up there. Yeah. MP4.
It'll go away in a couple of seconds. Hey, yeah, it'll go away. Yeah, it's good. Hey, maybe we should go to 60 frames, huh? All right. Uh, he's, <laughs> turn your head to the side. Can you turn your head to the side? There's, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. There I you hear go. you guys laughing in the back. I don't. It's all right. We'll be okay. Yeah, you look great. Joining <laughs> sure. us now is a man uh, who might be able to fix this, by the way. Seems like maybe one of the most giving and caring humans that has ever graced the NFL or the earth. He just became the highest paid safety in the NFL's history. Congratulations on the bag. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, 2016 third round pick for the Denver Broncos out of Boston College. Justin Simmons. Yeah! How are you, man? Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Something's going on today, man. See, they messed my camera up. Justin's oh, it's not us. Off. It's not us. It's, are Someone you muted happens. right now, Justin? I'm muted. Oh, yes, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. I'm still, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. But I was saying, thank you so much for the introduction, man. I appreciate you just having me on. Hey, no problem. Thank you for joining us. As I was doing some research after you signed this mega a mega deal. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, you deserve it. We did some research on you. And the only thing we could find is that you're just like such a giving dude and a charitable dude. So congratulations on that. I think karma's a real thing. It seems like it's paying off over there. That nice house behind you, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my daughter is uh, causing havoc inside the house right now. So unless we wanted to get interrupted every you know, two or three minutes, it was it was just best to come outside and just have a chat. Well, it's good masonry there. I mean, it really looks oh, like yeah, it yeah, has yeah. been put together it's well. Gorgeous. In a house that's made uh, of brick and stone, a home is made of love alone. It seems like you guys got it all over there mm -hmm. at the Simmons household. Um, Justin, let's talk about it. Go back to Denver here. You sign a deal. The Broncos have been an interesting, you know, conversation piece this offseason because uh, Drew Locke quarterback, Team seems to be good. Von Miller's coming back. What is the thought? You guys think you're like one, two pieces away from really making a run? Is the th thought that you have a team to go right now? Where are you guys at mentally, you think, in the whole process of this thing? Yeah, honestly, right now it's thinking we we have the team right now ready to go. And, you know, whoever we add, you know, a couple pieces here and there in the draft, you know, getting ready for those guys to come in and, and contribute right off rip. Um you know, we feel like we have a feel like we have a really good chance here to, to make something special happen. And like you said, you know, having all the guys coming back and, um, you know, Drew entering, you know, really it's going to be I know it's his third season, but it really it'd be like his second, you know, have finally having a full season under his belt and things like that. Um, man, I'm just I'm just excited. What's it like practice against Drew Locke? We we see him on TV when he's playing well, he's having fun, he's dancing like we're big fans. Like, I think he's a guy that's easy to root for. You want him to play well. It's good for the NFL. Like, what is it like going against him every day? Yeah, well, Pat was Pat, – I thought Pat was doing a great job, Thank you know, you. simulating some of Drew's dance moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, I, I was, those are pretty solid. I, I think was, Drew would be proud. Yeah, Thank you. I was trying solid. to remember the um, gift of him. But it's great. <laughs> it's great. You know, I'm so outspoken about Drew because I've seen it, you know, going up against him in practice and, you know, seeing the swagger, seeing the confidence that he plays with and – um, everyone knows, man, there's a big learning curve that, you know, that comes with the position, especially at the quarterback position of playing in the NFL. And so um, I've always been a Drew, Drew fan since since day one. And um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing, you know, what he does. I know there's been talks about competition coming in, you know, a veteran quarterback, this, that and the other. And so 
um, I'm just excited, man, for Drew. I really, I really feel like this is going to be a really good season for him. This isn't your world uh, to talk about or give opinions, but I'll tie it back to Drew Locke. So right now, there's allegedly what's happening with Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State is there's a, a rumor or some people have said in decision-making places that he's not like the first one in, last one out. He's not like uh, the, this whole narrative potentially about his leadership is being questioned or whatever by front offices, allegedly. It's not us saying it. This is allegedly what's happening. At the quarterback right. position, and AJ said this, and I've said this, and I think anybody in the NFL – it is imperative that your quarterback is like one of your best guys. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah, 100 percent, especially especially at that level. You know, coming in as a rookie, um, you know, with guys like Akeeb and Chris Harris and TJ and Darian Stewart, you know, Robe, you know, the whole no fly zone. Um, that was when Peyton had just retired and just getting an insight from them about like what it takes to be great right like what what is what is needed what is demanded of your team to be great and they were kind of going over the type of leader that Peyton was and what it looks like and um just everything that you that you were mentioning and um you know obviously like you said I know you weren't asking for my opinion I know that um you know things like that looked way different for every organization right not just Denver um you know last year with the pandemic and Oh, cutting yeah. back hours in the facility and things in that nature and all that stuff. So, um, like oh, I said, I heard too. I heard from you know a mm -hmm. bunch of guys, Cortland, Tim, Patrick, you know Jerry, a bunch of guys um, that have been working with Drew that they've loved his dedication, focus, and and his work ethic this offseason so far. I didn't even think about that, by the way, with COVID. Like first, last one in, first one. Maybe that's what. Maybe he wasn't allowed to go. Wow. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was a great point, AJ. What do you have? Hey, I know you guys got a, you brought in uh, Kyle Fuller and, and Ronald Darby there for that defense. Like, what are they going to allow you to do more of, you think? Oh, man, I'm so excited to play with those guys. I've, I've just been big fans from afar. I think, you know, just looking at Kyle Fuller, right, a guy that's already been in Vic Fangio's system, you know, was first team all pro, pro bowl selection. Uh, I mean, a guy that just and, and just in general, his career has just been amazing to watch. And so getting to work with him. I think it's just going to elevate my knowledge of the defense, right? He's he's obviously played with, you know, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, you know, a couple mm -hmm. other really good safeties. And so um, I'm going to be able to pick his brain, like, you know, what was successful, what wasn't successful? You know, what are some things I could do better communication-wise, on-field-wise? Um, those are the conversations I'm looking forward to, to having with him. And then, you know, Darby's just a, a beast. I know he's had some injuries, but, I mean, you look at – the production that he had last year with the Redskins and what they were able to do in their passing. Justin! Uh, their passing defense. Justin! The Washington football team. Oh, I said... Yeah! yeah. yeah. Jeez. Sorry, sorry. They're trying to Cover sell merch and... Hey, Cover I mean, your ears. Cover <laughs> your ears. Yeah. I, still say, I still say the... Uh, Oakland. Instead of Las Vegas, I still say Oakland. Yeah. I still say... Uh, San Diego. So y'all, you have to forgive me. That's, hey, uh, by the way, that's us too. That's why I stopped you because you were going to get killed <laughs> yeah. on the internet. So I had to do it before everybody else did. They come after me all hey. the time for that. Hey, Pat, you're a real one looking out for hey, me. I, 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 I just wanted to get you clear there. Just want to get hey, you you're clear. you're a real one. Yeah. But, but no, nah, I mean, seeing what Darby did with the Washington football team was just, I mean, watching him play, going up against number one receivers, um, I don't I don't know this stats exactly. I know he was up there and, and past breakups, you know, individually for him. And so getting getting ready to work with him, man, I'm just excited. I think, you know, add, and then, you know, Bryce Callahan at the nickel position. We obviously got Kareem back. I'm just 
I'm excited. Really high expectations. You a big film guy? You watch other people's film, watch yourself, watch schemes. What do you do? Is it just a combination of all of it? How do you know about the like? It seems like you've watched maybe film on these guys. Is that throughout the year? Do you watch other people to kind of better your game? Do you watch yourself? How, what's your process? Yeah, um, it, it's, it's all encompassing. I would say most of the time during the season, I don't spend too much time varying off of the film that, you know, we watch in terms of who we're playing. Um, but there will be times where, you know, I'll see a team that may play what I consider a great passing offensive team. And I'll just be like, well, I want to see what they did, you know, in order to hold, you know, this what I think is a dynamic offense to maybe so few passing yards or so few points. And I'll check out film here and there from, from guys like that. And obviously, you know, Vic Fangio's uh, defense, you know, the year right before he, he became the head coach at Denver was, I mean, I watched that defense religiously, especially when, you know, Vic, Van, Vic, Vic Fangio was, uh, was, you know, selected as our head coach, um, went back, watched all that Bears film. That's how, you know, kind of gotten a feel for, for Kyle Fuller. But um, Darby last year, you know, watching the uh, Washington football team, just watching them play and uh, watching them compete. And obviously, you know, they fought for that that playoff spot and um, just watched a bunch of films. So it's all, it's all encompassing. You know, you kind of learn from the vets that you've been around. And so, you know, Akeeb, TJ, Darian, I mean, especially Chris, like those guys were film junkies. And so learning from them was uh, was a blessing. Yeah, that's, that's a part of that whole, you know, last one in, first one out thing. It's like, I think at every position, Every single position, no matter what, even a long snapper, if they're not passionate about getting better or committed to getting better, there's a good chance they're going to get left behind in the NFL. It's just like you have the best athletes in the world right here. He just broke down seven different pieces of film he dissected and watched religiously. And then you got some guys that are like, well, I can just come out here and make it on your own. It's like, you can't. And you won't. And that's just not how the men's league is. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, Justin, the Broncos had the uh, COVID car wash, uh, airport security type thing that you would walk through and you'd get sprayed with. Uh, are you guys going to have that next season? And after you walk through that thing, are you guys, you know, ready to go and feel safer to play? Or Are you guys hugging after yeah, that? Is it big that. hugs? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, right. You, you think you feel safe. Um, honestly, I, I don't. That's a great question. I actually don't know. I heard, um, I saw a bunch of like, you know, everyone sees something on social media and they go, Everyone has an opinion about what's going on, but I saw a bunch of opinions saying how it wasn't uh, probably necessarily the safest thing. And um, <laughs> after after maybe the first couple of days at training camp, we never saw that. Uh, we never saw it again. So it'd, be, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see um, if that's something that we bring back. You know, with I mean, who knows what's going on? Right, vaccines or you know, what, what, what's going on there. But um, that's a really good question. I honestly forgot all about that. I love the fact that you just go, you know, there's people saying, you know, people react to stuff that that necessarily, you know, wasn't a good thing that we were doing. How were you guys getting drenched by these things? Was it a, was it uncomfortable for the first two days? Nah, it honestly, it honestly wasn't that bad, which is why, like, I didn't think twice about it. Like, you just walk, you know, you're walking out of, you know, your locker room onto the field. And when you do, it's, you know, like the, I know everyone's probably seen them now, but like, you know, those, uh, I think it's like the electrical, you know, sprays that they wipe down seats with and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It it almost was like that. Kind of just like a light, just like a light layover of you know, all the, the germs to disinfect of what's going on, and then you just go out to the field. 
<laughs> well, did last year suck? Huh? Did it? Did uh, did it did, with the zooms and the the COVID potentials and uh, everything like that? Now, granted, you seem like maybe the most upbeat human of all time and everything like that. <laughs> but last year was definitely a challenge, right? You you don't think like like. Last year, you think teams are going to look vastly different than how they look last year? Do you think there were some teams that handled it much, much better than other teams, and that was just kind of like uh, the way the game was last year? Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, last year. I mean, to answer your question, like last year was awful. I mean, just being first first four years in the league, um, you know, experiencing the NFL for what it is, and then having you know my fifth season, you know, no fans, limited fans, if there were any. Um, I mean, the traveling, you know, rules and, and all these, you know, all things to keep us safe. Right. But just like uh, nagging and it's just so much stuff you got to pay attention to. And I can only imagine like that was my that was my fifth season. I can only imagine coming in as a second year guy, a rookie. And, you know, you're just your head's already cut off like, a, you know, chicken with your head cut off, running around trying to figure this thing out. And then all of a sudden you know, you're being asked to do X, Y, and Z for COVID protocols and go above and beyond. Oh, it's just last year was a, last year was just, it was tough. But hey, once again, thankful that we were able to play. Hey, that was the biggest thing. That's what I was about to say. We appreciate you guys. We got to kind of talk about that whole thing. Who's a, you have obviously Patrick Mahomes in your division. Um, what is that? The evolution of that, because you four years, fifth year, you've kind of got a chance to kind of see this entire thing. And I believe his first game he played when Alex Smith was the quarterback was against the Broncos in Denver. It was a week 17, uh, 16th game. And I think that was when they potentially made the decision like, okay, we can get this guy who's played the best football he's ever played the hell out of here. Let's send him to the Washington football team. Okay. There it is. We'll send him to the <laughs> we'll send him to the Washington football team, and then this is going to be the guy. That seemed like a wild decision at the time. But how has it been, kind of watching what the Chiefs have done, especially as a defensive guy who has to face them? They're loaded. I'm not saying you guys aren't, obviously, but that team in the division, the big bad wolf at the moment in the entire AFC. Mm. They, they are loaded. Patrick Mahomes seems to be able to do everything. What has it been like to kind of watch that over the last few years? Oh, man, it's been tough, you know, as a as a as like a, a in division uh, rival, you know, going up against those guys. Um, it's been tough, but it, it's it's also been, you know, just as a fan of the sport, it's been cool to see, um, you know, just to see him maximize each and every year. And so just as competitors, right, like that's what you want to go up. You want to go up against the best, you know, at all times, because that's how you solidify greatness, um, you know, while you're while you're able to play. And so. I think, uh, you know, obviously biased because we play him twice a year. I think Patrick Mahomes is, is obviously one of the best in the league. And then, you know, not to mention the surrounding weapons, you know, that they do have. I mean, they, they just drafted the the, uh, the the Clyde guy out of uh, LSU. He's a great running back, tough to bring down. Um, I'm, you know, no words need to be said for Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, those guys are, you know, do week in and week out, always in the game plan, always still find ways to make things happen. But I mean, the quarterback of the of the offense, you know, who is it? Is it Tyreek or is it Tyreek? Then because if you shift coverage towards Tyreek, Travis Kelsey's going to eat. And if it's like, how? What do you? How do you guys approach that? Oh, it's tough. Yeah, I think you know. I really think there was a. You know, we had that one game. Uh, I think it was a Monday night game where you know we did we did pretty good. Obviously, we didn't win, so it, not good enough. But you know, the the thing that's so hard, right? Is like. You, you try and mix up your coverages and, and make 
you know, Mahomes do his do his absolute best to guess after the snap what you're in and where you're rolling to and who you're doubling and you know what's going on if you're you know full all out blitz if you're only rushing three dropping coverage and so you know Tyre and then not to mention you know Mahomes has to know all that but uh, Hill and Kelsey have to know that as well so they're on the same page with their quarterback and they just do such a good job man and Andy Reid's a great play caller um, they just do a great job overall so it's really a challenge but one that is great as a competitor to go up against. Nice. Ty, what do you have? Justin, you mentioned the Raiders earlier and how you, you know, still sometimes call, you know, mistake that they're in Oakland. Uh, you obviously didn't get to experience it this year, but how jacked are you and some of the teammates that you get to go to Vegas now to play these guys that instead stadium. of Oakland? Yeah, that stadium's that stadium. next level. Woo. Oh, that stadium is unbelievable. Like, it, you know, it looks – I wasn't a fan just from the outside – you know, just looking at the overall stadium. Oh, really? I just wasn't a fan looking at it. What'd you think? But it was being, boring? Hold on. What'd you think? It was boring? Or what'd you think from the outside? Not, I, I wouldn't Too even much? say boring, but it just like, I, I don't know. Like you looked at it and I was like, I, I don't really know what to, to think here. I know you saw the memes of like the, what what they call it? Like the star. They, like, they like star. compared it to Star Wars and some type of yeah. like battleship. Mm-hmm. Like it just looked, it just looked, it just looked different from what you're used to seeing. Not saying it was necessarily bad. They just looked different. And then when you're, when you're inside though, <sighs> Oh, unbelievable. I mean, the, the the grass that, like, they bring in and they, like, maintenance, they, Ooh. like, roll it in. And they, oh, man, it's it, it felt great to play on. I can't wait for, you know, even though it's in away stadium, I can't wait for fans to be able to experience that whole thing. That's going to be home games for the away teams, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. I just, I just am so excited, man. I remember playing in there. You know, looking around at that, just like how, you know, just how beautiful it was, the stadium in general. So I'm excited. No, I'm not saying Raiders fans won't show up, but I do believe that is going to be a massive, let's take a trip to Vegas, watch our team. Yeah. Game. And I think the all the sports books, they bought up all the licenses yeah. and all the casinos yeah. bought up all the licenses for the seats. They're going to be having deals for people. You get tickets to the mm-hmm. game. Oh, people yeah. are going to be, that's going to be a lot of, I think, and especially with the Broncos fans. The Broncos oh, fans yeah. are very passionate, very loyal. That might feel like a home game in there. Even though you did say it looked terrible from the outside, Yikes. you did say it, you said it looked terrible. I wasn't the biggest fan. Hey, I, I, a lot of us, I think, because it looks like a soccer stadium almost overseas. Yeah, kind of had a different, like an Olympic-like stadium look. And then you get inside of that thing; it's awesome. LA also for you guys is going to be dope. Uh, before we let you go, have to ask you about your foundation. It, like literally. Whenever we were doing research on you, it was like, is Gandhi in the NFL here? Like, do we, <laughs> it feels like you, by the way, I'm thankful that you got a lot of money, uh, the highest paid uh, deal, because it feels like a lot of this is going to go back into communities and everything like that. Big thank you for what you do off the field. I just want to let you know that. Oh, man, I, that, I can't thank you enough, you know, just for that acknowledgement. It's been uh it's just been a, it's been a heck of a journey and um i'm just so thankful for the lessons and the people that have helped along the way and um i'm just i just can't wait you know i'm really excited and you talked about you know my foundation the justin simmons foundation and um you know all our my both my wife and i our hearts are just to be there and just to pour into our youth i mean that's really all it is you know whether that's through education whether that's through finances um especially through sports obviously you know being an athlete myself just thinking sports is just the best avenue to navigate all the, you know, different things that you just go through and experience in life. And just sports are such a great avenue to walk down for that. And just really looking forward to it. You know, all the things that are going on in our world with, you know, social injustices, you know, pouring into that, developing our communities, you know, um, adding things into our communities that will help 
you know, the maybe not so, uh, you know, not so wealthy part of neighborhoods and things like that. So those are those are just like some of the things that, you know, through our foundation and just through talking and meeting people throughout our short NFL career. Um, really looking forward to pouring into and being a part of. Good dude, Justin. Yeah. Good guy. We appreciate hearing that. Um, last question I have to ask about. You guys played a game this year uh, with a wide receiver quarterback that none of you even know his name. Was there ever a thought that you were going to play quarterback in that game against the Saints? They, I was like, hey, coach, listen, I played quarterback back in my Pop Warner days. You know, I could sling it a little bit now. If you ever need to run some type of option, I might, you know, you might need me. But uh, other than that, other than me and like maybe like 30 other players saying that, <laughs> there was probably no shot that that was, that that was even a thought that crossed minds. But yeah, that game was, I mean, uh, yeah, that game was crazy. Yeah, it was insane to hear about from the outside looking. And they, they, all the quarterbacks I heard had to sprint off the field on Saturday because alleged contact tracing and all this. Uh, Once again, cannot wait to see your team next year post-COVID without the uh, spritzers and no quarterback situation and everything. Big thanks, man. Justin Simmons. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks for coming, man. People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that Testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30, in the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, maca, and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com slash USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman.
couple big news. 17-game season. Uh-huh. 17-game season. It's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Not great. Uh, players probably don't love it, but oh. as fans and media people, we absolutely enjoy it. Uh, there's other things happening with the league rules. The Sky Judge thing, maybe? Is that oh, happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's going on in, in other aspects of the world? There's a combine potentially happening what? now. What? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy shit to break it all down, ladies and gentlemen. A voice from the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Pelissette. Tom, how you doing? Tom, how are you? We saw you on Good Morning Football. You did a great job. You looked great as well. I appreciate it. The the hoodie was kind of polarizing. I think it was about two-thirds were very positive on it, and then I got about one-third of you look like you're an unprofessional hack, put the shirt and tie back on. So a mixed bag, but I liked it. I felt comfortable. (laughs) It was relatable. Was Tom just taking a shot at me right there? Yeah, sound felt like, like it. Sound no, like, not a bit. Yeah, it sounded, sounded like you were because I'm literally sitting right next to you in a hoodie. Actually, a Come sleeveless on. one. Come on. And you, you, That's what I'm saying. I like it, but there oh. are people who are just uncomfortable. If you wore – all right, if you were dressed like this every day and then for one week you just put on a shirt and tie – you'd probably get a lot of responses about it. Yeah, yeah, I would. And by the way, I did attempt to, because I thought I had to have a formal pad at some point mm-hmm. here in the, uh-huh. the upcoming future. I tried to put on a shirt and tie. We got a fast. Okay. okay. Listen, the shirt and tie game, I mean, it exposes whether or not you're in shape because you got to tuck that thing in mm-hmm. there. So it's a much harder world, I think, in the shirt and tie game. So after, you know, after quarantine and we were off the road, not traveling for like six months there, and I had gotten a couple of suits made like last maybe October, November, December, somewhere in there, right? And so I attempted to put them on for the first time going into week one, and I was like, it's a full-on fat guy in a little coat thing where I wasn't quite closing the button. It looked like there was a lot of stress happening oh, everywhere yeah. in this general region yeah uh got by I, I got a peloton i'm working on it but uh yeah it definitely it, it exposes if you spend you know six months or so doing nothing and eating a lot yeah i agree completely i only have a few for a time there i only had one suit it was my uh wedding funeral court suit mm-hmm. Ooh, I, mean, okay. so I had one suit it was just kind of my go-to now i have like four or five different jackets no pants i don't have any more pants i still have just one pair basically with some khakis but they'll all fit great beginning of football season by the end of football season Ooh. that thing mm-hmm. is a halter top basically <laughs> yeah. that thing's out here and then i gotta go redo the whole thing how many suits do you have tom you i assume you tv people just have thousands of suits there's only probably like a, maybe a half dozen that are in regular rotation at this point. I try to freshen it up every year, but I mean, let's be honest, like no one notices blue, what I'm wearing. Like, blue, like quiz black, people. gray, white, right? That's all you really need. A lot of blue, a lot of blue. Yeah, it makes you look better. You like the blue for the eyes. I've got like a couple of the window pane ones and whatever, but it's like that you notice. Then they're like, oh, he's wearing that purple and pink, uh, you know, checked jacket again. Like you can't wear that more than once a month or it just it. It peacocks too much. Yeah, you're right because it's noticeable. You just want to you just want to be suit stooge. Blame it just it. fits in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot yeah. of shirts, a lot of ties, plain suits. I think I've learned my lesson on that. All right, let's talk about what you're talking about now in suits all over television. I would assume um, the world, the NFL. Do you want to talk pro day shit or do you want to talk league rules stuff? Up to you. I mean, the league rules stuff is a ways out because we're probably it's going to be several weeks until we get uh, Sky Judge votes on that. Hey, Sky Judge, have a chance. 
The Skyjets had some support last year. If you remember, they were going to experiment with, it wasn't a true Skyjudge. It was a increased communication between the booth and the officials on the field. And of course, there's already conspiracy theorists who believe that for years now, oh, yeah. there have been people from New York or in the booth who are communicating with the officials on the field. But they were going to regulate some of that on objective types of calls, allow more communication. But they wanted to test that out in the preseason last year. And then potentially, if it went well, implemented in the regular season well there was no preseason because of covid and so the expectation seems to be there will be that experimentation again is it going to be enhanced are they going to go with exactly what they did last year uh, the competition committee is sorting through some of those things and we should have uh, more answers on that in the next couple of weeks well, tom why don't you tell them why don't you why don't you just walk in there okay maybe you got to call the rock first before you do this get some footage of the Xbox controller Sky Judge replay ref from the XFL last year and just say, hey, let's do this. But instead, let's not allow the audio out. Let's not allow that whole thing out because if one of the review people even makes a sound there people are not going to be happy you know like i know a lot of conspiracy theorists will be like well if we don't hear the audio then they're probably telling them to change a rule that benefits something like that but really i don't think you can hear the audio because if the reviewer or anybody sounds like they're not confident in some sort of decision that's going to spark even more shit but i think that person right in the stadium with the direct ear to the ref on the field would be just I mean, it would just expedite everything, Tom. It would make the league so much better. Now that we have 17 games, let's make these as good as possible. The 17-game thing always was going to happen, Tom. And did it happen quicker because of COVID? Was this expected by the NFL like a couple years from now and then COVID kind of forced their hand? Or what are your thoughts on that, Tom? It was always going to happen. The question was, was it going to happen in 22, oh, 23? Oh, 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 Stop talking Right on control. cue. Uh, was it going to happen in 22, 23, or was it going to happen in, in 2021? Well, the moment that you knew you were going to have a multi-billion dollar revenue shortfall in 2020 that was going to impact uh, you know, teams' revenues as well as the salary cap and everything else, it made a lot of sense to speed things up. And so we reported back in December that this was the plan. The reason they couldn't announce it, even though they'd already made the decision months ago, was because in the CBA they're required to negotiate at least one new media contract, the TV deal, prior to triggering the 17th game. And that's related to how the players get their share of revenue by doing a new TV deal, which they did all of them. Uh, but if they'd even done one and then done the 17th game, that triggers this media kicker in which players' percentage of revenue actually goes up a little bit. It goes to 48 point something percent based on a variety of different factors that are, are difficult even for me to explain. But they do get a little larger share wow. of a much larger pie going forward and so once you get out of this cycle that we're in right now of trying to make up the revenue shortfall from 2020 and i'm talking out into 23 24 by then the salary uh -huh. cap should spike in a huge way now it doesn't help the players right now a lot of them who are getting jammed up by a smaller salary cap but once you get out there in that new revenue it's, it's going to lead to a lot more money for everybody, including the players. Yeah, they're saying like a $250 million salary cap in a few years. That's hilarious. Cannot wait to see how much money the quarterbacks get from that whole thing. But let's move it, it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, that, yeah. that number would not, would not be a shock to me. And that's one of the things that I think people overlook here was, you know, five years ago, Aaron Rodgers was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and he was making $22 million a year. This guy's literally making double that now. So the, the pie has already expanded a ton. 
you know, this is just it's a math issue at this point. You know, you had a four billion dollar revenue shortfall last year. That means players got two billion dollars more than they should have under the revenue sharing agreement. So now owners have to get that money back once that's all resolved, which is still two or three years away. And then that new TV money hits in a big way starting in 2023. That's when you're going to see the cap begin to accelerate. And you saw that reflected in some of the uh, some of the free agent deals that were done this year, too. It is not an accident that a lot of not just teams, but agents push for one and two year deals because they want to get back to the market when the cap begins to go up. Yeah, and hopefully this will continue the carousel of big name players in free agency that we've seen over the last couple of years because it's good for us. I assume it's good for you as they well. Keep going Tom. back in the pool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great for us. Be oh, yeah. oh my God, uh, Tom Brady's a free agent. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, let's talk about pro days and everything happening around the NFL. Justin Fields was being talked about as the definitive number two quarterback of this draft class, maybe even since high school at this point, I guess. It's always been like one of those things. And I had a chance to chat with some people who uh, like maybe involved with the the Elite 11s and like the quarterback people. And they're all like, hey, the, Justin Fields is the dude. Everybody loves Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields is the guy. Then last season, he has like a, an off game against IU and I think Northwestern as well with great defenses. And then this off season, all of a sudden, Mac Jones was getting talked about more than Justin Fields after his one year of greatness. Then Zach Wilson was being talked about above Justin Fields. And then it was like, is Trey Lance better than Justin Fields? It was like, what the hell is happening to Justin Fields? And then yesterday, uh, incredible sip of the mug there by Tom (laughs) Palacero. Yesterday, he looked yoked. He made some plays. What is it about Justin Fields? Is this all bullshit, you think? Like the narrative that he's falling down the draft? Or do you think he's he's still – is he still the guy? Or what, what's going on with Justin Fields and why is this happening? I, I don't understand why it happened. It's really two factors with Justin Fields based on the conversations I've had with scouts and executives within the league. One is on tape you see how the coaches really limit at Ohio State what their quarterbacks have to read. In terms of, you know, the traditional reads where, you know, based on the defenses, you're expecting the quarterback's eyes to go here to here. Sometimes with Fields, he's passing up, you know, that five-yard under route and taking off running. And coaches and scouts want to know why. You know, that's a big part of it. Can he read the defense? It's not a question of aptitude. It's just a question of he hasn't really done it. There are a variety of issues with Dwayne Haskins that had nothing to do with football, which is why he washed out of Washington. But you had some of the same questions on him coming out was he would see things late. He would just jam it in there because his arm was so big. Or sometimes, you know, he seemed to make a lot of plays off schedule. With Fields, you see some of the same things, which is he needs to, at times, he seems to want to create things rather than playing within the rhythm of the offense. I talked to John Beck, uh, who's training him, as well as Zach Wilson and others, about Fields. And he said, you know, when I was watching the tape with him, I thought some of the same things, like, why aren't you throwing the ball here? Like, it should go here. And Fields would explain to him, no, I'm being coached to do this. So as Beck said, it's not a matter of him being inefficient. He's doing what he's coached to do. So that's something that people have had to process through without being able to get in person to do film sessions because private visits – workouts, dinners, all that stuff you're not allowed to do this year. And even at pro days, it's totally up to the school on whether or not you're able to have actual interaction between team officials and the players. So there's that with fields. And there's also the uh, personality question, the leadership question. In 2019, the word that uh, people got from the school in the NFL was that you know Fields didn't really try to get to know his teammates after he transferred from Georgia. He just kind of came in, wanted to win the job. Um, you know, there were just a lot of questions about that leadership style. That improved in 2020. They named him a captain in part to try to draw that leadership 
out of Justin Fields. It seemed like he did a lot better with it. Teammates vouch for him. So some of that stuff has also been abated. But again, tough to judge that when you can't get a lot of in-person time with a guy. So ultimately, where does he go? Does he slide in this draft? It's still difficult to say in part because the normal conversations I'd be having with scouts right now aren't happening yet because every GM is still at these pro days. It's the first opportunity they've had to see guys. That kind of wraps up toward the end of this week. Um, but, but there's more pro you know, days it'll coming. It'll be fascinating to see. It, what's that? There's more pro days coming, though, because of the pro days on the same day now. GMs are requesting and head coaches are requesting right. more pro yeah. days. And now this 150-person combine medical thing that's happening, it feels like this talent evaluation due to a COVID uh, restriction on the combine has become maybe more beneficial for teams, even though they have to travel. I mean, they probably don't love to travel, but they're requesting multiple pro days. Now there's an entire medical visit that's happening all by itself. This Is this going to change how it goes like going forward? Is there going to be multiple pro days? Are they going to limit the combine more? Do you think this is what it's going to be like in the future, or will they try to get back to what it used to be? I think there's going to be a lot of lessons learned from everything that was altered by COVID that's going to be applied going forward in terms of, you know, just the virtual meetings and the amount of work that you can do when you're not on the road or you're not physically in the setting. You know, the challenge, though, and I wouldn't say this is beneficial to teams, is they can't work with somebody one-on-one. Every, you have 32 teams. They all have 32 different interview styles, 32 different ways of reviewing film with guys. You know, if you want to get your coach in front of a guy for an hour – you're allowed to do it on Zoom a handful of times, but you're not actually allowed to do it uh, in person. So even these additional pro days, and this is, I don't want to call it controversial, but it's something that people definitely are discussing within the league. Technically, you're only allowed to have pro days. You can't have private workouts. So when Justin Fields or the 49ers say, well, Fields is going to do an extra pro day for the 49ers, he can't actually do that. Ohio State hypothetically can schedule an additional pro day, which it sounds like they'll do uh, closer to the draft. But then everybody is allowed to be invited and that for some teams is going to have uh less use so it's definitely a a different process in terms of that medical at the combine that's something they were always planning on doing but even that is much more limited normally you have about 330 guys at the combine who go through the full medical there's four different rooms eight team docs in each room you go through you run the gamut everybody makes their evaluations you get every possible test done and every year there's like three, four, five guys who have some undiagnosed condition, whether it's a broken bone or a heart condition or whatever, they get flagged. Well, this year they did teledoc appointments, like virtual visits with all these guys. And so there were guys who were flagged, but they're only going to have 150 guys total, so less than half the normal number who actually come in to be physically examined. It's expected to be the top, everybody who's projected as a top three-round pick, as well as anybody who was flagged. But, you know, I've talked to teams who are like, there's always that concern that we're going to draft a guy whatever, in the fourth round and find out he's got AFib or he's got some heart condition he can never play for us. And because we're not allowed to bring him in for a medical visit at our facility either, there's a roll of the dice. There's no question about it with some of these things as you get to day three of the draft. And by the way, those physicals can help the players a lot as well. So, you know, it's good Mm -hmm. news that those are happening. Uh, Last question here, Tom. We appreciate you so much for your time talking to Tom Pellicero from NFL Network. Uh, Connor, please. Yeah, Tom, uh, our commissioner, your boss, Roger Goodell, announced yesterday that there will be full stadiums. Yeah! So my question uh, is centered around mostly uh, there being full stadium. Is that every team? Is that in certain states? I mean, what's the deal here, Tom? I will say this. It is not an accident, Connor, that Roger Goodell brought that up on his own. 
This wasn't the response to a question on the media call. This was Goodell in his opening statement saying, we expect to have full stadium. Now, here's the thing. You're still going to have to work with the state and local and public health authorities. In a state like California. The United States of Goodell! (laughs) You got several teams that play there, and it's one of the more restrictive states. If the state says you're not allowed to do this, there's only so much that the NFL can do. What they are able to point to is the data from last season. When they worked with the public health authorities, they had uh, 1.2 million or so fans at 119 games last year. It felt like a lot of empty stadiums, and I was definitely in a lot of empty stadiums, but close to half the games had some fans there. They worked with MIT. They did statistical modeling. They worked with the public health authorities, and they didn't find any case clusters that were related to games. Now, that was all people in pods, they're wearing masks, they're social distancing, all that stuff. If you're talking full stadiums, some of that stuff like goes out the window. <laughs> but, you know, they believe that based upon the rate of vaccinations ramping up, the way that things are being handled from That's a league right. level as well as from a national and a local level, they're optimistic, and certainly they are approaching this as if they are going to have full stadium. Yeah! All right. Tom, you're the best, man. Thanks for that ride. You just took us on there with that knowledge. You're the absolute fantastic man covering the NFL from the NFL's point of view. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Orshlovsky on last hour his comments about what he's hearing from people about Justin Fields have sparked some conversation I'm not sure if he said that on his show NFL Live every single day on ESPN which we watch in the last couple days has been Dan Orlovsky's Super Bowl actually mm-hmm. breaking down film on Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. It's been fascinating to hear him break down why each player will potentially succeed at the next level because of what they can do on the field. And at this point, Dan Orlovsky has, uh, I would assume through his media relationships and getting a chance to meet people, but also when you're in, the fo- uh, in football as long as he was, at backup quarterback too for like 12, 13 years or whatever, you you make friends with a lot of people who move up the ranks mm-hmm. in the NFL. He said that what he's hearing from NFL teams on Justin Fields is that he's a last one in, first one out type guy, which is basically point A, B, C, D, E, and F for a lot of people on what they want in their franchise quarterback, especially that high. Now, is Dan Orlovsky potentially being lied to by teams that want to drop uh, drop? Uh, Justin Fields draft stock so that they can potentially swoop up and get him. This happens. This is something that happens in sports. We think it's disgusting. We do not like that it happens, Mm -hmm. but it has happened before where teams have lied about somebody hoping that that'll drop him in the draft so that they can potentially steal and make that happen. Is that what's going on or is that real? People are actually saying that about Justin Fields. Joining us now is an Ohio State legend, a man who could probably speak a little bit more about this, A.J. Hawk. What's going on, dude? How's my camera look? Terrible? Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, you look brutal. Yeah, you have a filter on right now, it looks like. No, something happened. When I turned my camera on earlier, it uh, it said something was down converting, that something might be messed up. I have no clue what to do. 
Well, it kind of looks like you are like yeah. a painting. Yeah, it's a cool of purple yourself. shirt. It's pretty cool. It seems like you turn canvas mode on. Yeah, you should just maybe screenshot this, by the way, and print it out. It looks pretty. It looks like you. you yeah, like kind of like a little. It looks brush. like a Picasso. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does look like a Picasso. But you look fantastic. It's not going to hurt the show. I understand you're probably hating every second. If it's not perfect audio and video, AJ is not happy with it. He will hang it up. But we appreciate that, even though your internet is normally trash. Let's talk about Justin Fields, AJ. Justin Fields, Dan Orlovsky said he is hearing. Now, th we have to make sure that people don't think this is what Dan Orlovsky said about Justin Fields. Dan Orlovsky said this is what he's hearing from people that are decision makers in the NFL, that Justin Fields is potentially last one in, first one out type guy, which is why the narrative of his draft stock is going down. You're an Ohio State guy. You've been around Ohio State. Tom Pelissero said when he transferred from Georgia, he didn't make any friends in the locker room. He just wanted to do this whole thing. So I think there's a lot of thought about how he'll be as the, you know, basically CEO of a quarterback team. How At Ohio State, is that something that's – talked about because somebody would have had to tell the NFL team that was the case is that a narrative about him that's accurate in your eyes how do you think this whole thing has has happened this way I, I honestly don't know what to think and I heard your interview with with Dane and it's <laughs> definitely something if you're a coach or a GM or a scout you would worry about if any of it is true because you that's the one thing when you're trying to get your franchise QB that should never be a question like does he love the game is he does he have that attention to detail and that crazy competitiveness that you have to have, and then all of a sudden you need all the physical tools and the mental tools. I haven't heard it. I mean, I honestly, I'm not dialed in to uh, to the Buckeyes like maybe General Bob is. Oh, wait. He talks to more people. No, not to you. I know. I, I, yeah. feel like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just that would, that would scare me too if I was a scout, but I have no idea if any of it is true or not. Yeah, if that, that would make a lot of sense because I've been very befuddled about how this guy goes from – an absolute stud. Yeah. This guy, most talented guy. Here we go. This is the locked in two guy. And then it just came out. No, I know he had a couple bad games, but I think everybody did. Like, I don't know if, mm -hmm. I mean, Mac Jones might not have that. They, they seem to just be an absolute buzzsaw every single week. But like, somebody, you're going to have bad games. And the fact that a two year, three year narrative almost got changed because of it, there had to be something would make sense if numerous media people are being told by numerous decision makers that uh, we, we were not 100% so on his passion or whatever that's why the media people are like oh there's no way they're taking so it's it could be all bullshit though aj this could all be lies it, it absolutely all of it could be smoke screens thrown out from a million different teams yeah i don't know also though if that is the case like say you may be worried about a guy not having that attention to detail not not being that person first one in last one to leave whatever it is you can somewhat i think gain that with maturity and with age and with time like it's not you don't have much time in the, when you're in the league to try to find it, but uh, you could find it. I think guys have in the past perspective. I think your per yeah. your perspective when you change your perspective, and this is going to sound bad, I think, but once you view it as like, hey, this is a job, like this is a job yeah. now. Like if okay, so back in, in at Ohio State, may, look, this is all acting as if what is being allegedly told from decision makers is true. Okay, this is just allegedly true. We're going to act as if this is true and why this conversation has happened. We do not feel this way. We are just observing and reporting what we've been told. But in college, maybe Justin Fields, uh, you know, wasn't 
told or shown or didn't have to potentially dial it in. When you get to the NFL, you got to hope that there's a veteran quarterback there that could potentially show you like, no, this is what you should be doing. There's also this you could get better at at this time. This is where you could do this. Here's where you can grow. This is where we, this is when we get in the building. You know why? Because we're the quarterback and this is when we get in the building. Like, I do believe you're right. And that's when your perspective changes on what this whole thing is. Like, hey, this is a job now. You want to make fucking money. Like, this is what you do. This is what everybody who is successful does it changes don't is that what i think you and i i think i'm i agree with you on that whole thing it, yeah it can change but i think also sometimes you, you have to be something has to scare you and say like and, and football either gets taken away or you get benched or something happens i feel like that can get people kind of going like oh wait what does my life look like if i'm not in the league like if i if i'm not on this team this is what i thought i was going to do for the next 10 15 years now that whole thing could change like i think some people get scared and that kind of gets them going too that happened to me you know when you're sitting in solitary confinement yeah. <laughs> 7 8 a.m and you are nowhere near good enough to be in the position you are currently in that kind of changes your perspective on everything it's like okay let's stop fucking around here but not everybody can do it too you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that kind of, you know, I've always been the best athlete. I've always been able to get away with doing this. Then they get to the NFL and it doesn't work out. That's why there's a lot of first round draft picks that don't work out. If you're drafted in first round, you're good at football. Mm-hmm. If you don't work out in the NFL, like everybody thought you were going to work out, maybe it's because physical limitations, maybe because it's unhealth or unlucky with the situations you go in, but also potentially because you weren't as committed as the people that are at the top of, had to be. Like you, you don't get you like being in the NFL, okay? You like being in the NFL. But, like, to dominate and remain in the NFL, there are other things you have to do. Not everybody can do that. It's a, it's a, it's quite a, a dial-in, a commitment that you have to have as well. But the old saying, what don't a lot of people say, like, do you, do you love football or do you love what football brings you? Like all the, the money, everything going on outside. And you, when you put it in that, when you – I had a, someone tell me that talking about somebody else. They said, like, well, I, you know, I'm – I'm kind of scared that he loves what it brings him, doesn't love football. And I was like, that's a good, a good way to look at it. I start to look at different people. I'm, and you could probably think of a couple guys off the top of your head where you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're in it. Like they do this because they can get these sweet cars. They can talk to girls. Like things are easier. Yeah. And what's the old quote? Oh, it's on a poster right above Brant Boyer's head. Everybody wants to be a Brant Boyer, special teams coordinator for the Jets. He survived the firing, I believe. Wow. Yeah, I think he's been on a couple. He's a good dude. He was a special teams player in the NFL for like 13 years, and that was back when they had no rules. So (laughs) that that tells you everything you need to know about this guy. He is awesome. But he he had a poster that said, everybody wants to be a lion until it comes time to do what lions have to do or whatever. It's like everybody wants to be king of the jungle until it comes time, like, okay, you got to go get it. Everybody wants to be in the NFL until it comes time, like, okay, this is what you got to do if you want to do this whole thing. It is – that's in everything, though. You know, Kyle Trask has his pro day right now. This this fucking guy looks good. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. spinning. How, how like how how are we gonna judge this guy? Is this guy potentially gonna climb up the charts? By the way, he looks really good. It's the same thing with Mac Jones, where it's like, well, he's throwing to Kyle Pitts and you know another first round wide receiver. So who knows if these balls are even good or if these guys are just going and getting them? All right, wow. let's um, let's get some phone calls. Hey, we got a big time guest coming up about fourteen minutes. AJ, Justin Simmons, right? Yeah. Do you know anything about him? Yeah, I know he's a stud, and I know he uh, seems to take care and help out everybody in the country already. Seems like a great dude. Everybody. I was trying to do a little research. The only thing that's coming up is, obviously, he's a great football player, but, yeah, he just helps everybody on earth. Oh, yeah. 
We got Gandhi playing safety. Yeah, that's right. For the Broncos joining us in about 14, 13 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good draft. Is that, is that a John Elway draft pick? We should give him credit, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of heat that John Elway gets because, you know, he got fired and promoted himself at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Peyton came in there and they turned that whole place around. And John won as a quarterback. John won as an executive. Okay, not a lot of people have done that. He also won as a car dealer. That's right. Ooh. I believe he has sold next to six to seven million cars wow. at dealerships. So John has won at life, but a lot of people think his talent evaluation wasn't always fantastic. Well, it, it, does he have any talent evaluation like in his new title, whatever that title may be? No, no, he, no. You know, he got moved out of that. They moved him out of football ops, but he moved up in the ladder. Much higher position. Yeah, a much higher, better position. It's good. It's good that when you can do that, when you can grant yourself that, that next gig. Well, he's John Elway, dude. This one it's for John. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they said, you do whatever the fuck yeah. you want, dude. Mm -hmm. After we won a Super Bowl, we actually said, this one's for you, dude. It's for you. Yeah. And then you returned a, pay a favor and said, this one's for Pat. <laughs> Let's go, wait. I use that a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. but I clipped that, and there was a lot of, yeah. I would ask somebody to do something and send that immediately afterwards. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Hey, this one's for Pat. <laughs> hey, can you go grab me a no? This one. <laughs> it was really nice. Thank Shout out John Elway for that. What do you want to talk about, Wade? Hey, Pat. Thanks for uh, taking the call today, man. Hey, no problem at all. Kyle Trask is under center, no center. Takes a play action, drop oh. back, seven step, two oh, hits, shit. deep ball. Oh. Wide receiver's tired, wasn't running an actual route. <laughs> Who knows if the timing was right or not. He seemed to throw it a long distance, though. That seemed to be setting him up for failure, oh. Wade. What do you want to talk about? Hey, man, I just wanted to get a pro's pro perspective on this. I feel like the NFL missed a real opportunity to uh, schedule, like, same city, same state, games every year that are cross conferences you, know, you got two teams in la two teams in new york two teams in texas these teams only play one every Kyle. four years yeah, but adding Florida. the 17th game i feel like you could get this little rivalry going uh year over year to really kind of build up more fandom throughout the nfl we like it wade we like the idea and i thought there was a chance is josh rosen leading the workout for <laughs> kyle Trask? is that the rosen one i'm not sure um the showcase game, though, that 17th game, mm -hmm. are they locked into doing what they're doing now for the foreseeable future? Or will they potentially make that like uh, uh, one of those like uh, a spectacle like game, like all star game? Like, are they I wonder how they're going to set that whole thing up, AJ. I, I think it depends on how it goes. Don't you think? Like they'll they'll pivot once they see how it happens. But it was, was the caller what, Wade, I believe, was he saying if you want to add like those in-state rivalry games, do you? You tell me the Bengals and Browns are going to play each other three times a year now if you do that? Well, I guess the Bengals and Browns would be different because they're mm -hmm. in the same division. There's, I think he's talking about people that are in the same division. I said Ohio. I was wrong in that. But also, Kyle Trask was throwing a, a, a half. He said the same state. Mm -hmm. he, he said the same state, I think, not division. Yeah, but I think what he meant was with the people that aren't in the same division that are in the same state, you can get the state yeah. rivalries to go off. And then you can just get geographic ones, too, if you had mm -hmm. to, to kind of link it up. Carolina, Atlanta, I assume there's yeah. some cross in there, that whole thing. And that release. Well, it would be like the, the Eagles and the Steelers, right? That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, the Rams and the Chargers. Jets and Giants. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. What would they do? They would just split the stadiums? Dolphins, Bucks. Jets Giants, same stadium. Yep. Mm -hmm. Play against each other. They played against each other before yes. they have. Yes. And one team's deemed the home team, so their season ticket holders get in, and the other people don't. I Sounds right. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. 
How do you feel about same stadium, two teams? Well, isn't it called Giant Stadium? No. MetLife. No. MetLife, yeah. yeah. The old Jesus stadium was Christ. Giant Stadium. What? what are you? Yeah, see, the old one. But the old one was Giant Stadium, and they both played there. That's like 35 years ago. How yeah. about <laughs> how about Chargers-Rams, too? Yeah. yeah. They're uh-huh. in the same out there, right? Well, that's a nice, it's a nice facility. I can understand why they're sharing it. When Oakland's San, well, Oakland's not there anymore. Dean Spanos oh, yeah. cheapskate. Whoa, 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 dude! He put in like one fifteenth of that whole place. <laughs> yeah, Come on. he did. Yeah, what that deal? It was expected to be a certain amount, and then all of a sudden it, it got doubled, then tripled. Cronky, mm-hmm. Cronky to- said, "Ah, fuck it, I'll just do it." <laughs> Spanos, you get no concerts in here. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Now you get your home games, and that's it. Mm-hmm. We get concerts every single day. Let's go to another phone call. Let's go to Jordan, Michigan. Jordan, what's going on, dude? Oh, oh, come Jordan. On, Jordan. This is unbelievable. Come Fucking on. sleeping on a job. Michigan, man. It's probably in Detroit. No Wi Fi. <laughs> it's a phone call, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this guy stinks. Come on. <laughs> uh, there's Tom Pelissero just put a tweet out about the 17th game bonus check here. Mm-hmm. The. Jared Goff payday that's coming if he is on the roster at that time. Oh. Now, you have to be on the roster, I believe, at that date is how it is specified. Uh, Lions quarterback Jared Goff will get an extra game check, a bonus for the 17th game worth $1.5 million at the end, uh, the largest bonus among dozens of NFL players who will cash in on a CBA provision regarding contracts signed prior to February 26, 2020. Tom Pelissero, by the way, voice of the NFL, yeah. saying, look at this. This is a big-time yeah. win. Jared mm-hmm. Goff gets an extra $1.5 million. That 17th game with a 117th check being given to you the day the game uh, kind of goes off, I think that was obviously the smart way to do this so it doesn't affect the salary cap, but $1.5 million more for Jared Goff. And then there's more tweets from Tom Pellicero. Other players in line to earn at least an extra million, an extra 117th large base salaries. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Aaron Donald, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Frank Clark, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, and Demarcus Lawrence. So it's another game check for people. We're learning exactly what everybody's game checks are right now via these tweets. Hey, Pat, but also, okay, so what about players like all these people that we convert their salary to bonuses to restructure? Now, if your salary is minimum, but you get a $15 million roster bonus, you're getting 117th of minimum when you get this. So you're... You want to put all your money now in your salary? Oh, your because, because the signing bonus instead of the salary cap to make the salary cap lower, guys are fucking themselves in the end, but getting the money up front. They are legitimately screwing themselves this year. Yeah. Now, I assume the negotiations will go. That's a great point you just made. I assume the CBA and the NFL and the NFLPA will figure out how to write that moving forward because you're going to have to. But yeah, all these... Yeah, I will absolutely transfer some of my salary into a signing bonus so they can pay me now so we can utilize and open up some more salary cap space. And then that 17th game comes along and they're like, oh, these motherfuckers. Oh, no, I got got all of a sudden I got a playoff check coming to me when I'm supposed (laughs) to get. You you know, game checks are a big deal. And anytime you hear somebody say put a game check on it, it is almost like uh, that's like triple stamp, double stamp. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's like a triple dog dare there. It's a, it is a big deal. Put a game check on it. No, you yeah. won't put a game check on it. No, you're right. Nobody will. <laughs> yeah. no, there's only, there's only a few of those coming all year round. Big money for golf though. Good for Detroit. Yeah. Congrats, Jared. He deserves it. He deserves it. So the Lions are paying that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. from Lions. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Sounds like you think they thought about it? Nope. No. Hey, do you no. think when they when they signed him, <laughs> did they think about that? That's an extra one point five million. Is, did we fucking know? Oh, cool. We'll take the draft pick though. 
I guess the only team to vote no on the 17-game season, Chicago Bears said, we ain't doing it. Health and safety of the players is the most yeah. important thing. Bears on to the Bears. Thank you, George. 30 to 1 <laughs> votes. 17-game season. The one, the Chicago Bears. Thank you. We like this 16-game season. We, we've never really figured it out, so we don't want to change <laughs> well, hey, 17 yet. They got in the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. They don't want to change anything. What if they don't make it next year? Yeah, Tom, <laughs> I think it's for player safety. Please have yeah. a little respect. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, more information coming from Tom Pelissero. To qualify, players must make more than a minimum on contracts signed prior to February 26, 2021. The CBA was essentially finalized and not substantially renegotiated since, i.e. more significant than simple conversions for salary cap purposes. In 2021, those extra game checks, checks will be funded from the performance-based pay pool up to $48 million in rookie redistribution. All right. Jesus, Tom. So Tom benefits, not salary, and thus don't count against the cap. This guy. Tommy. Wow. Tom is the NFL, by the way. Yeah, that's I think right. it's. Yeah. I think it's maybe the NFL's Twitter account. No, it's Roger Goodell, uh-huh. the NFL's Twitter account, Tom Pelissero. That's right. Mm-hmm. If the NFL, if you want to know what the NFL's thinking, this is exactly what it is. He is dialed all the way in there. Hey, so if they're if it's coming out of that pool for player performance bonuses, are those gone now? Because instead of now, we just have the seventeen. No, because the player performance should go up, shouldn't it? Should, but it's if they're taking the money to pay these extra salaries, technically. Yeah, player performance for those that don't know is a bonus that is given uh, at the end of a year if you are deemed to outperform your contract so for instance as a rookie seventh round draft pick for me i was rookie min salary my signing bonus was like fifty two thousand dollars and then i punted kicked and or kicked off and held or whatever so the amount of plays that i was in was calculated against the amount of projected plays for what i was being paid and then you get a bonus for whatever's on top of that. So let's say you're a rookie offensive lineman who is getting rookie men or whatever, and then you get thrusted into a starting role, and then you play the entire season. You way outperform your contract. You're having 60, 50 plays a game or whatever. Uh, you get six figures bonuses that come in March or something like that. Like I know guys that have gotten like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in these bonuses from the performance bonuses. I've gotten fifteen thousand to twenty five thousand. So it's like all the it's like an algorithm almost to kind of try to make up for it. Although it's not actually what you're worth. It's like here's a little bit more money if you outperformed it. If they take that away, there will be a lot of guys pissed off, I think. Oh absolutely. Yeah. It, it's it's there for guys like say you're drafted sixth, seventh round, like you said but say a guy gets thrust into the lineup week two, like you know if that dude stays healthy, it's just strictly off of like snaps played. It's not performance or anything. It's just if you're in there, if you're competing. So you know that dude's getting 200 plus probably, right? Yeah, they're making money. AQ Shipley was raking in money in these performance bonuses. And he would always call me, you know, like, hey, what you get? <laughs> like, yeah, I got seven grand, dude. Oh, let me tell you what. Watch this. <laughs> I, uh, I was like, damn it, AQ. You know, that's good for you. But he deserved it. And that's how that whole thing goes. If they take that away, I mean, you're going to piss off, what, the bottom three quarters of the roster. Mm-hmm. Well, if they don't take it away, will they raise it? Like if it was, you know, because it's another game, another exactly. place. Yeah, the algorithm will get shifted. Oh, you know, they'll project how many plays in a 17-game season. Very da 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 da. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. The fact that you allow us to be a part of your every day, Monday through Friday, we can't say thank you enough. 
Uh, tomorrow's show is a big one. Loaded show tomorrow. Listen, today's show was obviously massive. Yeah, huge. News making. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's show is big, though. Bands being lifted. It's a big deal. Yeah. Both in life and on this show. Mm-hmm. All right. Be a friend, Delphine. Ty, please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, cheers. And thank you all so, so much.